1: You know, in 1998, I did a cover story for GQ. The title was Youngest Congressman Ever. And since then, every story has tried to explain how I got here so fast. And the, and the word that people kept uh, using was authentic. Uh, but here's the problem. This isn't even my tie. This tie was selected for me by a group of specialists in Tenafly, New Jersey, who chose it over 56 other ties we tested. In fact, our data suggests that I have to stick to either a tie that is red or a tie that is blue. A yellow tie made it look as if I was taking my situation lightly, and I may, in fact, pull my pants down again at any moment. <laughs> a silver tie meant that I'd forgotten my roots my shoes, you know, shiny shoes, we associate with uh, high-priced lawyers and bankers. If you want to get a working man's vote, you need to scuff up your shoes a little bit, but you can't scuff them up so much that you alienate the lawyers and the bankers because you need them to pay for the specialist back in Tenafly. <laughs> so what is the proper scuffing amount? Do you know, we actually paid a consultant $7,300. It was, was it 7300 Charlie? 7300 $7,300 for a consultant to tell us that this is the perfect amount of stuffing.
2: Ed Hoffman, and welcome to year twelve of the main event. First, I first show of two thousand nineteen. I had a week off, and Scott sat in for me and uh, finished out uh, year eleven. Uh, opened up with that uh, that that uh, clip from the movie The Adjustment Bureau. Some of you probably remember it, and uh, kind of I think it goes goes in goes in uh, in goes perfectly with what's going on now as we watch the posturing and watching the uh the grandstanding that's going on in Washington DC and uh you know our government shut down and our uh, and our borders not shut down and what's more important, open up keep the border open or keep the government open or close the border, close the government. Quite frankly, I don't care if the government ever opens up again. We'll find a way around it because our government's too big anyway. And uh, you know what? Somebody needs to talk some sense. It. it's more than politics. It's more than politics out there. It's about keeping our country safe. It's about, uh, you know, doing things that are logical, common sense. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk about all that, all that and all that's going on. But first, let me introduce myself. For those of you who don't know and just... Suddenly stumbled onto the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located right here in Southern California. Offices all over the place, lending in California, Arizona, Ohio, and Texas right now. Soon to be uh, Nevada and Florida, uh, adding those next. If you're interested in getting in, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities if you don't sit and wait for everybody else to figure it out. And if you need financing on those, call me toll free at 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855 640 2020. If you want to talk to me, get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're either just don't talk on the phone or, uh, you know, that's harder to explain that stuff in text, but go to our website wccloans.com www.wccloans.com click on looking for a loan click on uh uh, apply now and uh, put in as much information as you want me to have tell me how much information you want back you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates eric marquez Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Randy Johnson, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you're looking to buy a new house to live in, buy a new vacation home, buy a uh, uh, investment property, or if you're look or if you're looking to refinance one you already have, or if you're a senior over sixty two and you're uh, wondering about those uh, those things everybody's talking about that reverse mortgage thing. I don't know. Uh, I had uh, one client say, "Hey, have you and I said, "Hey, have you considered doing a reverse mortgage for this?" and they go, "Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we want to leave our properties to our kids." Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? So, uh, you know, reverse mortgage is uh is something different than some of if you guys are going, "Hey, reverse mortgage, that that's a that's a dumb thing to do," then you don't know how it is and if you want to enhance your retirement, Talk, call me, 855-640-2020 or wccloans.com. If you are something on the show you want repeated or if you want to hear this over again or if you want to share it with somebody, edhoffman.net, dot net. Click on the podcast page. You'll have this this show as well as several past shows. And you can also go to uh, – you can get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free, have it download automatically every week. And uh lastly if you hear something uh, on the show that you want to make a comment on call the listener hotline 855 640 2092. All right, so uh, let's talk about what's going on in this week in the uh in the well this week the last couple weeks but I haven't been here for I wasn't here last week. So uh let me give you my take on what's happening. The new year started out with the second week of the partial government shutdown. You know, just so you, just so you remember how how dignified things are working, you know, uh just remember in the Obama era, we shut down the government over an argument and he actually put up steel borders around the uh World War 2 monument in Washington D.C. so people couldn't walk in. And it's not a question of, hey, we can't keep this open because there's no uh there's no security here. The World War Two Monument is a big concrete and marble and and uh, water. It's a fountain that is just wide open. It's wide open and there's uh, tributes and and pictures and and you know it's it's outside. There's no need for anything there. There's you know there's a fountain that runs and they actually put up steel barriers around it so that you couldn't get in it. Uh, and then he stopped the White House tours. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a guy who just wants to to show his show his uh, his power as opposed to, hey, let's get something done. And, and I think we're seeing the rest of the Democrats do the same thing. So uh, so the the uh, the second week uh, at the center of the day of the debate of on the reopening of the government is still the five billion dollars that the president needs for the border wall, which seems like a spoonful of water out of the ocean you know and in the, in the, compared to what we spend money on and and I and I said this about 3 weeks ago um the state department actually sent 4.8 billion dollars down to uh South America it was 5.8 billion down to South America to help to help improve conditions in uh in South America so people wouldn't want to wouldn't need to come up to America and uh, trying to improve their lives, and they had put another 4.8 billion dollars to southern Mexico for security and improving conditions there. So we spent 11 billion dollars on that for other countries, treating the symptoms, but we didn't. We did, we don't want to spend anything that actually gives us something permanent—a wall. We know we can spend a, a billion dollars a year on uh, on uh, border security, but if we put up a wall for whatever it costs, it lasts forever. And I'm sure people will will bust it down, or they'll they'll damage it, and they'll have to be up uh, kept up at times. But you know what? That's think about what Obama did. He spent ten trillion dollars of our money, and we got nothing for it. He didn't build up the military. He didn't build a wall. He didn't fix the infrastructure. He didn't uh, put it towards getting us energy independent. We just gave money away. So where did we end up eight years after Obama took office? No better than where we started, except for ten trillion dollars more in debt. So now we have a businessman in the in the uh, in the White House, and it's time for us to start thinking clearly. Clearly, that is not uh, based on what we saw on November sixth uh, in California. Clearly, that's uh, thinking clearly and with common sense isn't something that we do here in California very often. But it's something we need to start. The Democrats went on vacation for the holidays, but President Trump skipped his annual trip to mar lago which is his uh, resort in Florida, uh, choosing to stay in the in Washington, D.C. and trying to get a deal done that would uh, reopen the government and fund border security. On New Year's Eve, the president spoke to Pete Hegseth on Fox News.
3: I spent Christmas in the White House. I spent uh, New Year's Eve now in the White House. And, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm ready to go. It's very important. A lot of people are looking to get mm-hmm. their paycheck. and. Uh, so I'm ready to go anytime they want. No, we are not giving up. We have to have border security, and the wall is a big part of border security—the biggest part.
2: And as a mortgage lender, am I affected by this? Of course I am. Uh, FHA is uh, pretty much shut down, so uh, uh, so there's a lot of things that we can't can't get done from FHA because it's uh, they're not working. Uh, getting tax transcripts out of the uh, IRS for for uh, quality control, uh, those aren't available. There's a bunch of stuff that's not available that are. Keeping us we can't get flood certificates out of fema um so there's stuff that's gonna that's gonna hurt the mortgage industry but you know what if if they'll come up with something they'll come up with something to keep everything going i just don't see i just don't see that that this uh is a fight that we have to uh that trump needs to to back off on you know and say hey you know what the the government shut down this needs to get resolved but you know it wasn't quite that important to the democrats for them to not take their vacation where trump stayed in town and said you know what i've had i've had vacations hey you know what uh don and i usually leave for the week between christmas and new year's but you know a couple years ago i said hey there's too much going on we can't go and we just we just stayed and worked and that's just how it is we'll take a we'll take an extra weekend or an extra, an extra couple of weekends when, when things aren't so hectic or so chaotic. So we just, that's just how it is. That's how it is when you're, when you're a leader, Um, you know, Pelosi went to Hawaii. She didn't care. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, your actions speak so loud, uh, so loudly that I don't hear the words that you say. I think people should start paying attention to that. So uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, sauntered back into town on Wednesday Relaxed from her vacation in Hawaii the eve, uh, on the eve of taking the gavel back a speaker in an interview with Savannah Guthrie on uh, uh, NBC, she said the president wasted his time by trying to make a deal.
4: Are you willing to come up and give him some of this money for the wall? Because apparently that's the sticking point. No, nothing for the wall. We're talking about border security.
5: There is no amount of persuasion he can do to say to us, we want you to do something that is not effective, that costs billions of dollars, uh, that sends the wrong
4: message about who we are.
2: Yeah, well, uh, it's not effective. Well, all evidence to the contrary, because all the other countries that have walls uh, seem to uh, be effective. Um, apparently, uh, Barack Hussein Obama and his wife have a 10-foot wall around their mansion in uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. It seems to be working for them for security. Seems to be, you know, I have, I, you know, we keep our doors locked at our house. It seems to keep people out um, when we're gone. Uh, and even when we're there, you know, it's... It's, it's easier to sleep when you know that someone's not going to walk in your house Without having to, to make enough noise to wake you up it's, uh, It makes, just makes you feel good, you know Just having having your doors locked, being secure um, As always, the Democrats were unified on on this Here's uh, Chucky Schumer on the 12th, 12th day of the shutdown Our
6: last meeting, the president said I am going to shut the government down They are now feeling the heat It is not helping the president. It is not helping the Republicans to be the owners of this shutdown.
2: Do you notice it's not about how do we solve the the border problems? It's not about how do we keep our country safe. It's not about how we get people back to work. It's not about anything productive with our country, which is all we pay senators and and, and, Congress people and the president to do is to to effectively run our country. It's nothing about that. It's about who to blame. That's all Schumer wants to talk about. Uh, Bring a dose of reality to the situation where the newly elected minority leader and the minority whip of the House, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise.
3: I think, with the end of the day, the president listening to him, he wants to solve this as well. That's why he's asked us to come back Friday after uh, the leadership races. The president and vice president stayed here over the Christmas holidays, and there was absolutely no negotiation from the other side. So they want to keep delaying and have a government shutdown, while President Trump has said he wants to secure the border.
2: You know, uh, you know, leaders, leaders lead. Leaders lead, you know. If you own a if you own a company, you can you can get uh you can get away with working half days. You know, any twelve hours of the day you want. Um, you know, the leaders are the are the uh, are the first ones to work and the last ones to leave work, and they're the last ones to get paid. And uh, apparently, the Democrats don't understand. Hey, I got elected, man. Elections have consequences. You know, uh, I'm going to Hawaii, and I'm bringing all the all the expense. And I'm and I guarantee you that that uh the government and the taxpayers paid for for Nancy Pelosi's trip to Hawaii and all the secret service that have to uh protect her and all that stuff and you know is there any is there any real concern there's there's a government shutdown there's people that are that need to get back to work and there's things that need to get accomplished and it's just about winning. It's just about winning. It has nothing to do with what we need. Just before midnight on Thursday, the House Democrats passed a bill that would reopen the government and provide stopgap funding for the Department of Homeland Security, but deny the president any of his uh, funding for the wall. Was, it was already anticipated that this is what the Democrats would do, since they said so all week long. So the president made it clear on Thursday that he intended to veto the legislation. In fact, he, un- he unexpectedly appeared at the White House press briefing that morning to reiterate his position.
3: We need protection in our country. We're going to make it good. Uh, The people of our country want it. I have never had so much support as I have in the last week over my stance for border security, for border control, and for, frankly, the wall or the barrier. I have never had anything like it in terms of calls coming in, in terms of people writing in and tweeting and doing whatever they have to do. I've never had this much support.
2: You know, what? uh I I'm I'm 100% behind Trump on this. We need the wall. We need it needs to be there. It'll be there for for generations. It'll be there forever. And let's spend the money on something that is going to going to give us some value and it's going to give us some protection. Let's not just keep ignoring it. well the experts say, the experts say you don't need a wall. You can do it with technology. Well, I don't know who those experts are, but uh, you know Chuckie Schumer. I don't think he's ever held a job other than being uh, a political person. I don't think he's ever held a held a job. And why do we ask politicians to solve the problems when they don't have any idea what to do? You know, you think about in the in Trump's Art of the Deal, the chapter one talks about the uh, the ice skating rink in Central Park and how the the city of uh, New York City was spent gazillions of dollars and you know. Ten or eight or ten years or something, and, and they haven't been able to fix it. Trump said, "Hey, I'll take it over and I'll I'll get it done for you." And uh, and they finally let him do it. And he goes, "Let's see who knows about ice skating rinks." Uh, people in Canada, hockey people. So he calls some some people come down from uh, Canada, and you know, in less than I think it took less than a year, they had the whole thing fixed for a fraction of what their of what their uh uh what their budget was. I mean, this is what you do. You need to solve a financial problem, you need someone who understands finances. You need to solve a solve, a, you know, a military problem, you need to you need someone who has that kind of experience and you call in the experts. Okay? Chuckie Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, all they know how to do is is skim money off the top and cause problems. It's all about keeping our job. It's not nothing about doing our job. So hours later, after the president, in hours later, the president invited Democrats back to the White House for a closed door situation room meeting. Also invited was Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, Kirsten Nielsen, uh, who the president asked to to brief the Democrats on what they're allowing at the border by ref- by refusing to back the wall. No media was allowed in the room, but White House White House Deputy Press Secretary Hogan. Gidley spoke about what happened. He says Chuck and Nancy worked together to shut uh, Secretary Nielsen down.
0: What the president did today was monumental. He brought them to the White House, to the Situation Room, to have a conversation with Secretary Nielsen so she could brief them on all the crisis that's going on in the border. These numbers are devastating, they are sad, they are needless, and they are senseless. And Democrats wanted nothing to do with it. In fact, the president opened the meeting. He then turned to Secretary Nielsen, introduced her, and said now she's going to begin her briefing. Within five seconds, Chuck Schumer prompted Nancy Pelosi to cut Secretary Nielsen off, which she dutifully did within seconds, and then the entire uh, presentation was basically over.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's you know nobody they don't want to hear any of the facts. They just want they're just playing politics. Uh, Secretary Kirsten Nielsen uh, tweeted out, "I'm disappointed that the Democrats did not want to hear from the Department of Homeland Security about the security and humanitarian crisis we are facing at the border. They didn't want to hear about criminal aliens, drug smugglers, smuggled and abused children, or violent caravans trying to breach the border wall. So they they don't even want to hear any of this stuff. And you know this is all this has nothing to do." With anything but politics, because uh, all these people, you know, here's here's let me. This is uh, think about this is what Chuck Schumer. This, here's a here's a video or here's a video. Here's a clip of Chuck Schumer just a couple of just a few years ago.
6: Know that keeping our borders safe from dangerous gang members, drug dealers <coughs> and human traffickers is critical. We let cross the border millions who take jobs away from American workers. I want to make it extremely clear that first and foremost, we are committed to ending the waves of illegal immigration that we've seen in the last 30 years. Crossing the border without permission from the government is a crime. When we, when we catch someone crossing the border, prosecute them and deport them, we are solving the crime and punishing the criminal.
2: Yeah, well that was uh, a few years ago. Here's uh, Schumer last week. President Trump. You will not get your wall.
6: Abandon your shutdown strategy. You're not getting the wall today, next week, or on January 3rd when Democrats take control of the House.
2: And in fact, if you go back and listen to, here's a, here's a compilation of, uh, of quotes from, uh, speeches from uh, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And I think that's all the, all the people in this clip, but let me play this. We are a nation of immigrants, and we should all be proud of it. But we're also a nation of laws. It is wrong and
0: ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before.
6: Families who enter our country the right way and play by the rules watch others flout the rules. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. And because we live in an age where terrorists are challenging our borders, we cannot allow people to pour into the U.S. undetected, undocumented, and unchecked.
5: We've got to do several things, and I am, you know, adamantly against illegal immigrants. Certainly, we've got to do more at our borders, and people have to stop employing illegal immigrants.
6: And we're working to make sure that we have sufficient facilities to detain, house, and process them appropriately. And it is unlikely that their children will be able to stay. And I've asked parents across Central America not to put their children in harm's way
2: and does it make you wonder what happened what happened if that's your attitude back then what happened oh i'm sorry trump's getting stuff done and it makes you guys look bad because you didn't get anything done all those years oh so you know what you gotta be able to look past this stuff you know uh uh, are the, how are those shiny shoes? Is he wearing shiny shoes or are they scuffed up a little bit? They're not too scuffed, so they're okay for the rich people. And they are scuffed a little bit, so they're okay for the poor people. All they're doing is playing politics because you know what? They're paying themselves. They're having fun with our money. It's our money. All the money that we pay in taxes, it's our money. And they're just they're just squandering it. So keep your eyes open, everyone. Keep your eyes open as to what's going on here because... You know, you can listen to the Democrats all day long, but they're talking out they're talking out the sides of their mouth. You know what? The one thing I like about Trump, if he says it, he believes it. If he believes it, he says it. You know, he's uh, you know, it's it's transparent. You know, I want to know where where people are coming from. And hey, you know, don't don't blow smoke up my butt and tell me tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me the truth. Is I mean, is that too much to ask from from our leaders uh you know what's it's scary it's scary what's happening in this country it's scary what's happening in this country so Uh, Let me see how far I can get into this before we go to the break. Uh, The 116th Congress convened on Thursday. So all the new uh, House of Representatives and all the new senators got sworn in, sworn in on uh, on Thursday, Um, swearing in seven new senators, five Democrats and two Republicans and 52 new representatives, Congress people, 25 Democrats and 27 Republicans. Also taking place was the was the retaking of the gavel by Nancy Pelosi, who called the House to order. Uh, flanked by some of her favorite political props, which I'm looking at the picture, and I watch the video, and going, what is the point of this? She's surrounded by all these little kids.
5: I now call the House to order on behalf of all of America's children.
2: It's amazing. It's amazing. I, You know, I'm almost out of time here for part one, so I'm going to just say that, you know, this is... If if you look at this, I don't know what the, the point of that is. That's supposed to make people with kids feel better. I'm not sure. But we'll talk more about the Democrats retaking the Congress uh, after the break. So stay tuned for uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, commercials, and uh, I'll be right back uh, recapping the last uh, last week in America. I'll be right back. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on this show because uh, the last eleven years has taught me that uh, you guys, if you're not in the market, you think it's boring, and if you are in the market, all you want to know is who can I call that I trust. And uh, so you want you want someone that thinks like you. So if you're listening to this show and it sounds like you and I think alike and you need some real estate financing, uh, buying, refinancing, uh, whatever you whatever you need, reverse mortgage, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. And the website is WCC Loans. So uh, we've been talking about... The wall, the government shut down, and uh, th- that the Democrats, uh took over took over control of the House of Representatives uh, this uh, Thursday. Um, we talked about how uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, surrounded herself by kids they look like they 're about uh, six years old to about twelve years old, all dressed up nice and pretty and uh, and they 're all standing around her and she opened up she reopened the Congress on behalf of america 's children. Oh geez, it's just so touching. Makes my heart quiver. Maybe not. And, uh, and and in case you in case you were unaware of how historic all this is, NBC wants to make sure you know how historic it is.
4: It's been more than 50 years since a speaker regained the gavel, but today is historic for many more reasons. The 116th Congress includes more than 100 women, a new record for this nation. Women like Deb Holland of New Mexico and Sharice Davids of Kansas, the first Native American women to serve in Congress. Women, women like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, the first Muslim women to serve in Congress.
2: Yeah, I don't know how this isn't considered sexist or racist, any of this comment. And, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the bigness of. How someone retaking the gavel after fifty years, especially someone who's uh, seventy-eight years old, a little disconnected, a little bit senile. Uh, if you watch her, she's uh, she's clearly not have not. She's not as sharp as a. She's not the sharpest tool in the shed. How did she get back there? I think she's connected to the mafia, and everybody's afraid to vote against her. All the Democrats are afraid to vote against her, and they're afraid to cross her because she's got friends she got friends that will uh, take care of some business. Her and uh, Hillary Clinton cut from the same cloth, probably went to the same uh, to the same school of, uh, of dirty, of dirty politics. Um, it continues.
4: This Congress also has the largest congressional black caucus ever. Fifty five members, the largest congressional Hispanic caucus too, thirty seven strong. Iowa elected women to Congress for the first time. Texas elected its first Hispanic woman to federal office, and Florida elected the first South American member of Congress. Massachusetts and Connecticut elected their first black congresswoman, and New Jersey elected its first Asian American congressman. New Hampshire, Minnesota, and Kansas have their first openly gay representatives, and California has its first bisexual congresswoman. This is the 116th Congress. The diverse representatives... Of a diverse nation
2: doesn't that make you feel better that we elected our first bisexual congressman? Doesn't it make you feel good to know that we have a Congress lady that well gets uh does uh some has uh sexual relations with both men and women? It just makes you feel good all makes you feel American to know that you know what. Uh, Doesn't it make you feel good to know that they they nominated an an Asian American in whatever state it was, New Jersey, for the first time or openly gay person in one of these or Muslim people? Do you you know what? We 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 brought in a South someone from South America to help lead America. Wait, we brought people from outside the country that were raised in different different uh, different uh, cultures so that they can help lead our culture. What about this doesn't just doesn't make me feel good? You know what? If there, if if you came from some other place and you came here now, you're an American. If you're if you're a Black American or a White American or a Brown American, you're an American. Why is nobody? Call, if a, if a Republican would have made these statements, we would have talked about how divisive and how racist these comments were. Oh, because we didn't comment. We didn't call this person. A congressperson or a congresswoman, we call them a black congresswoman. We call them an openly gay congressperson. We call them an Asian-American congressperson. You're, you're defining them by their, by, their, uh, by their ethnicity. But it's okay for PMSNBC or anybody else uh, on the Democrat side. You know what, just, do you see where this is going? You know what? I I am not a prejudiced person. I don't you know I don't you know if we want to have a black president, I'm okay with a black president. Just get put one in there that's got a brain. Want to have a woman president? I don't have a problem with a woman president. Put someone in who's got a brain. You know you want to have uh, whoever, whoever. Just I don't want to I don't want to talk about someone who defines themselves by the color of their skin, or you know whether they're whether the shape of their eyes or what they do in the bedroom, because I don't care. You guys don't know what I do in the bedroom when I get in there with my wife, and you don't care. It doesn't define me, doesn't define my wife, and it shouldn't define anybody else. And but this keeps getting rubbed in our noses. And you know what? Hey, live and let live, but come on. Stop rubbing it, rubbing our faces in it. So let's continue. Mitt Romney is uh Mitt Romney is now a senator, uh, the former Massachusetts governor who lost the presidency to Barack Hussein Obama in 2012 returns to public office this week as a freshman senator for the state of Utah. So he was the, he was the governor of Massachusetts. He was the and now he's a senator in Utah. He ha- built some big house in San Diego that apparently has a, a car elevator in it. You pull your car in and then it moves it upstairs or something. Uh in case you want to have your car in your So this guy's a, this guy's a, a gazillionaire and uh and you know he's a he's a Mormon boy. Which means he should uh, be polite and uh, and dedicated and have good morals and uh, but uh, but he got brought in as a senator. So in a blistering op-ed published in the Washington Post, Romney made it clear that becoming a Republican member of the Senate makes no difference in how he feels about President Donald Trump. Maybe Romney still has a chip on his shoulder over not being appointed as Secretary of State, or maybe he's just trying to prove something to Democrats. Either way, he comes off as a dis- as disloyal to his party. Uh, Here's here's some of the op ed that they published on Wednesday, and I will read Uh, Mitt Romney Republican from Utah and his party's 2012 nominee for president uh, will be sworn in to U.S. Senate on Thursday. The Trump presidency has made a deep descent in December the departures of Defense Secretary Jim Mattis and White House Chief of Staff John Kelly, the appointment of senior persons of lesser experience, the abandonment of allies who fight beside us, and the President's thoughtless claim that America has long been a sucker in world affairs all defined his presidency down. Well, I don't know that they defined his presidency down. Um, hes I think uh, Trump is a man for his time, and uh, he's, doing, he's doing what he needs to do. He's standing up to what he what he uh got elected for and sometimes it's just not very politically correct. Okay, continuing with Mitt Romney's. It is well known that Donald Trump was not my choice for Republican presidential nomination. After he became nominee, I hoped his campaign would refrain from res- from resentment and name calling. It did not. When he won the election, I hoped he would rise to the occasion. His early appointments of Rex Tillerson, Jeff Sessions, Nikki Haley, Gary Cohn, H.R. McMasters, Kelly, and Mattis were encouraging. But on the balance, his conduct over the last two years, particularly his actions last month, is evidence that the president has not risen to the mantle of his office. So in my opinion, in my opinion, if we had anybody in the White House that was any less brutal, any less of a fighter, um, they would have already been eaten alive. By the Democrats because you see you see what Trump's gone through he's been in there for two years for two years they're they're uh, investigating him uh, you know day one they're 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 campaigning to to uh, impeach him uh, they're investigating his kids they're doing they're doing everything they're doing everything they can to not try and press America forward and I think that's the the job of our leaders is hey you're here you're here to help lead our country forward. And uh, and you know, again, I think Trump is a, a man a man for his time. I think that uh, I think you know what the first time I heard Jeb Bush talk, I liked him. I said, hey, this is this is a he speaks well. He You know he seems to understand things, and I liked him um when you see him you know uh, ben Carson i I love Ben Carson you know if I think you take everybody else off the stage this is a, this is a guy who's a, who's a great leader and and smart, but you know when you get him on stage with everybody, everybody else is sucking all the air out of the room, and you couldn't he couldn 't stand up and I think based on how vicious politics have become i don't think anyone else would have lasted i don't think anyone hey we're getting energy independent we're drilling in in alaska we're drilling all over the country the the pipeline is going um the you know jobs are are, jobs are staying in 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 united states when they were about to move out regulations are being cut Uh, uh unemployment is way down uh everything this isn't an accident and you say, well, look at, the, look at the stock market. You know, the stock market is an, an indication of what people think is going to happen. You know, people buy and sell based on their emotions. So what goes on is, is what goes on, we, the, the speculators, the people that invest in stocks, the day traders, they, they make moves based on what they think is about to happen. It's not an indication of what's happening. It's an indication of what people think is gonna happen. So if you look at that and just go, hey, look at look at the stock market, dropped three thousand or five thousand points in the last few months. K, okay, there's some turmoil going on, and the speculators are are getting nervous about it. And it goes up a thousand points and comes down six hundred points. And it goes up, up two hundred points, and comes down three hundred points. You know what? That's because nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what Trump knows. Nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes, and they're getting nervous. And that's what that that's not the indication of how the economy's doing. The unemployment rate is an indication the the gross national product there's a whole bunch of different indicators that'll you know if you just look, well, look at the stock market, we're falling apart. no, we're not no, we're not we're solid. we are solid um so I think any any less any less of somebody uh you know you hear all this stuff on the news and you think Trump go okay I'm pulling out of Syria. Oh no I'm not pulling out of Syria. I, I guess that was a mistake. You know he's he's listens to those people but you know when he knows he's right he's right. He's standing he's standing by his uh by his guns and he know and he's got good people, you know. Oh he's putting tariffs it's going to create trade wars across the world. Guess what there needs to be. We can't keep being the doormat of the rest of the world. At some point you need to take a take a stand and it, sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. But you know what? Our president's supposed to lead, our Congress is supposed to lead, our Senate's supposed to lead. They're not leading, they're just They're just milking our country in our our big uh pool of cash that we pay in our in our paychecks there's there's just to have fun and grandstand. They're getting nothing done. Ronna, Ronna Romney McDaniel, Republican National Committee Chair, happens to be Mitt Romney's niece. Here's how she responded on Twitter to her uncle's scathing critique of uh, of the president. President of the United States is attacked and obstructed by the, the mainstream media and Democrats 24-7. For an incoming Republican freshman senator, she's referring to her uncle as an incoming freshman senator, to attack Donald Trump as their first act feeds into what the Democrats and the media want, and it's disappointing and unproductive. Well, hey, there's your there's your niece, the Mitt. You know, I'm disappointed because I was really a supporter of Mitt Romney. And uh, and I thought it was sad that he lost to Obama simply because someone caught him on caught him on uh, on video telling the truth. I don't know that 47 percent of the people don't pay any taxes in this country, so we're not going to get any of their votes. Um, And somebody's oh, look, he's talking. He doesn't care about those people because he's not going to get their votes. Well, it's true. They don't pay any taxes. The president was asked by reporters to respond to Mitt Mitt Romney's uh, op ed on Wednesday. Here's what he said.
3: I wish Mitt could be more of a team player. You know, I'm surprised he did it this quickly. I was expecting something, but I'm surprised he did it this quickly. But I am surprised because we've done a lot. And he actually says it. I read his op-ed. If he fought really hard against President Obama, like he does against me, he would have won the election.
2: Yep, I agree. So uh, Mitt made a big speech. Mitt made a big speech, if you remember, right before Trump clinched the nomination. I mean, it was about an hour-long speech about what a what a uh, piece of garbage Trump was, and we couldn't trust him, and this and that. Made a big speech to make sure that people would go out and vote for uh, John Kasich instead or uh, Ted Cruz. And uh, then, uh, then after he uh, after Trump got the the nomination, he got elected. Then he sucked up to Trump, wanting to be Secretary of State. And then, when uh, he wasn't chosen by uh, Mitt Romney, to it wasn't chosen by. Uh, by Trump to be the Secretary of State, um, he decided to run for for Senate. And uh, Trump endorsed him, and he accepted that endorsement. But as soon as he won, then he goes back and turns his back on uh, Trump and stabs him in the back. So, you know what, Mitt Romney? You can say what you want. You can talk about how, how, how your nice family is so clean living and everything's wonderful, and you're such a good businessman, and you're so good looking. But you know what? Your actions speak so loudly, we don't hear the words you say, you can't be trusted. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the uh, the last big thing uh, that I'm going to talk about today is Elizabeth Warren. Um, speaking of senators who are out of their depth, Elizabeth Warren became the first to announce her unofficial candidacy for 2020 election. In an email sent to supporters, how did she know who does email for her supporters? I don't know. So on New Year's Eve, Warren announced she is launching an exploratory committee, which candidates are required to do in order to start raising money. The Senator said she will decide formally on running for president sometime in 2019. The email reads, I'm forever, forever grateful that I got a chance to go to college for $50 a semester. Hmm. She's only about 11 years older than me, 12 years older than me. And it was more than $50 a semester for me. Uh. Okay. So I don't know how she got to do that. A chance that opened a million doors for me. I'm grateful and I'm determined. That's why I fight my heart out so that everyone gets a real chance in life. A chance to build something solid, a chance to create their piece of the American dream. And that's why today I'm launching an exploratory committee for president in 2020. Accompanying the email was a well-produced video. Of course. Let's examine it. It's probably it's you know this it seems like uh seems like I've seen the same video Uh, A few times from uh, Elizabeth Warren, but let's, uh, you know, she modified it a little bit. Let's examine it one piece at a time.
5: In our country, if you work hard and play by the rules, you ought to be able to take care of yourself and the people you love. That's a fundamental promise of America, a promise that should be true for everyone. Growing up in Oklahoma, that promise came through for me and my family. After my older brothers joined the military and I was still just a kid, my daddy had a heart attack and couldn't work. My mom found a minimum wage job at Sears, and that job saved our house and our
2: family. Oh, my God. That is so monumental. It's so its so much different than today. So I looked it up. The median price of a house in Oklahoma in uh, 2019. I just went back like 1968, because she was just a kid. So she's she's uh, 69 now, so went back 50 years. So uh, 50 years when she's 50. I mean, if we go back any farther, then the, the prices are even lower. But median price of a house in 1968 was 25000 bucks, which means there's a whole bunch of houses that are a little bit more expensive and a whole bunch that are a little less expensive. So uh, twenty five thousand. So if you had a twenty five thousand dollar mortgage for thirty years at eight percent back then, your uh, payment's one hundred eighty three dollars and forty four cents. One hundred eighty three forty four was a house payment back then. Uh, at six percent, would have been one forty nine. And uh, I'm talking to Dan, I'm my engineer at, here at the radio station. He goes, "Well, did they have thirty year mortgages back then?" So let's talk about a ten year mortgage. A ten year mortgage at eight percent, the payment would be three oh three thirty two. And at six percent would be uh, two seventy seven fifty five. So uh, then I looked at minimum wage for Oklahoma in nineteen $1. sixty eight an hour. So if you worked forty hours a week at a buck sixty an hour, that's two seventy seven thirty nine. So uh, you're you basically could make make the payment on a, a principal interest payment on a ten year mortgage uh, in Oklahoma at that time for minimum wage. Let's talk about today. Today the minimum wage is twelve bucks, which means uh minimum wage is uh two thousand eighty per, per month. Um and today interest rates are about five percent. What would two thousand eighty buy? Three hundred and eighty five thousand dollars. Three hundred eighty five that would make the payment on a three hundred eighty five thousand. Oh my goodness, you should be able to work minimum wage. Well the the other issue is you gotta pay tax and insurance and you gotta eat. And you got to uh, pay for your car and you got to pay for this and pay for that. You know, it's, you know the, reasons that, the reasons that some people uh, manage, that, uh, manage well with what they do, either they work their way up to a higher paying job or they live within their means. You know, if you can't afford to live in Southern California, you can move to Arizona. You can move to New Mexico. You can move to Oklahoma. It's cheaper there. And, you know, if you don't have the ability to, to, and then, then as you, as you increase your skills, as you work your way up the ladder or go to, or educate yourself, you know, the opportunities are the same for everybody. The outcome is not the same for everybody because not everybody takes advantage of the opportunities or not everybody works as hard as they need to. Next, she talked about the career she might not have had if she hadn't uh, made exaggerated claims about her ethnicity to get a teaching position at Harvard.
5: I've spent my career getting to the bottom of why America's promise works for some families, but others who work just as hard slip through the cracks into disaster. And what I've found is terrifying. These aren't cracks that families are falling into. They're traps. America's middle class is under attack. How do we get here? Billionaires and big corporations decided they wanted more of the pie, and they enlisted politicians to cut them a fatter slice. They crippled unions so no one could stop We're them. We're going
2: to turn the bull
0: loose.
5: Dismantled the financial rules meant to keep us safe after the Great Depression and cut their own taxes so they paid less than their secretaries and janitors.
2: That is such bull. That is such bull. Why do some people work work hard and they make it, and some people work hard, work just as hard and they don't make? Because they don't work just as hard. They don't. They go to work for eight hours a day and they do what they do. And then, then it's after you. After you get done working, what do you do to improve your situation? Do you take classes to educate yourself? Do you work some extra hours on the side? Do you work a second job? Do you do this? Do you do that? And what do you do with your money after you're done paying your bills? Do you save some and put it away? If you read a book called The Millionaire Next Door, you'll find out that the majority of millionaires in this country are not movie stars and sports stars. They're, family, they're, they're, they're immigrant families that own 7-Elevens and own little businesses and restaurants, and they work, up, they work them, and their families work them, and they live below their means. Hey, we made $10,000 this month, but we're going to live on two. We're going to put money in the bank. We're not going to go buy a new car because our old car runs fine. We're going to do this, and they live within their means. It's not a question of of the opportunities aren't good enough. It's a question of your commitment's not good enough. And the fact that the opportunity is the same for everybody is what makes America great. If you want to be more than what you are today, all you got to do is work harder. Work smarter. Educate yourself. And there's opportunities everywhere. All you got to do is reach out and go for it. Um, you know, hey, the unions, uh, we're crippling the unions from protecting people. You know what? I said this a million times uh they looked at when uh, when uh, general motors and uh general motors and chrysler and uh ford were hurting and the and the uh well, Ford didn't go through bankruptcy, but uh, but Chrysler and General Motors did. You know, uh, there was a a book that uh, Lee Iacocca wrote called Where Have All the Leaders Gone? And uh, in that he says, you know what, if you look at Toyota, Toyota, uh, you know, sold 100 million cars uh, this past year and General Motors sold 100, 100 million cars. And Toyota made, you know, uh, billions of dollars in, in profits and General Motors lost. And the reason is, is because the unions cripple General Motors. The unions just think about putting another government entity in there. They collect all these dues, they spend it on what they want. They can they they make contracts that make it impossible for the for uh, the auto the auto companies to make a profit so they can pay everybody for doing nothing. And billionaires make it, paying less less taxes than their secretaries or their janitors. That's just bull. OK, so don't listen to all that stuff. Finally, Elizabeth Warren talked about how she contributed to the business killing regulations implemented after the financial collapse 10 years ago.
5: After Wall Street crashed our economy in 2008, I left the classroom to go to Washington and confront the broken system head
3: on. Elizabeth Warren, apparently not afraid to tangle with Wall Elizabeth Street. Elizabeth
5: Warren
4: is heading into the lion's den.
3: Mrs. Warren goes to Washington.
2: We
5: created America's first consumer watchdog to hold the big banks accountable.
2: Yeah, you uh, you made the overreach that almost that almost killed the mortgage industry and the banking industry and a lot of the financial industry and uh, crippled it. But you know what? The funniest part, if that wasn't cringeworthy enough, was uh, uh, she wanted to try and look relatable. So Warren did an Instagram live stream and featured her casually retrieving this very casually retrieving a beer from the kitchen as a reluctant husband looked on.
5: Hold on a sec. I'm gonna get me um, a beer. Robert, my husband Bruce hey. is now in here. Um, you want a beer?
0: No, I'll pass on the beer for now. You are sure? You?
5: Come okay. over and say, a folks. Yes. So hey. this is my sweetie. Hello. Um, he's <laughs> and I'm crazy tomorrow. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Hey. Thank you for being
2: here.
5: Pleasure. I'm glad you're here.
2: Yeah. Enjoy your beer. What a moron! And if you watch it, you find it on Instagram or on the internet somewhere. She drinks the beer like it was the first time she's ever drank a beer. Very unnatural. Very uncomfortable. Very moronic, folks. Keep your eyes open, see clearly, and uh, keep listening to the main event, and I'll keep making sure you understand what you're seeing is not what what you think you are seeing. Anyway, hey, thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.
5: The news expressed on this program are Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect views or policies of wholesale capital corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Program. License number 0114-7747-NMLS-9873 and California Finance License number 603-K-610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona.